Come on, can we just lift our voices all together in one accord? Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, for the next few moments, let's put our focus on the one who is able to do miracles in our life. Come on, lift your voice. Hallelujah, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. There is a liberty that is in this place. There is healing that is about to happen in Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship. There is such a liberty of worship today here in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We give you honor. We give you praise. Come on, one more time. Let's give him honor. Let's give him praise. Surely the Lord is in this place. Father, we give you honor. Father, we direct all our praise, God. We direct all our worship to you, Father, today. God, today, God, we need you. And God, the scripture never came alive to us, God. When, 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 when David penned this word, I was glad when they say unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So, Father, today, God, we are so grateful that we can come together to worship that one true God. We are so grateful for the God who is able to keep His promises. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And Father, we, Lord, we, we, we give you honor today. We give you praise today. If, hallelujah, Jesus. If you have a particular need today in this house, Amen. I want you to wave your hands, Amen. If you need healing, if you know people that need healing, Wave your hand. Father, right now, by the authority and the name of Jesus, Lord, there are needs represented here today. And Father, we just sang the song that you are a miracle worker. Amen. And we believe that you are a miracle worker. You are that healer. Lord, both you can heal us physically and you can heal us spiritually. Father, you know what needs are represented here. And Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I lose healing. Come on, receive your healing right now in the name of Jesus. I receive, God, all that you have for us, God, right now. And I speak liberty. I speak peace, God. I speak, God, whatever, God, that you have in store for us. Lord, right now, lose your will today. Let there be a liberty of the ministering of your spirits, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands one more time to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's so good to see everyone. Turn to your left, turn to your right, and wave your hands at them. Amen. It's so good to see everyone. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, one of the things that I've realized that I, I learned, I need to learn how to smile with my eyes. I forgot, you know, like, like, like last week, you know, I was in the service and, and I was just telling people, smile at each other. I realized, my goodness, they can't see it and they will smile. <laughs> So we need to learn a new language, smiling with our eyes. <laughs> Amen. I don't know how you do that, but, but, but you need to look in the mirror for a moment and start learning how to smile. But it is so good for us to gather together to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Why don't we give God praise one more time? Thank you, Jesus. Welcome home. Amen. Welcome to the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know what? We're going to pray. No, I don't know about you. I, I still want to gather, you know, and when we hear all kinds of bad report, 
you are not to dream about it because you are planning one direction and suddenly it can mess you up. But nevertheless, our hope is in God. Can we just lift our hands? Let's pray for all our frontliners this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, Lord, we commit all this situation into your hands. God, we recognize, God, that our hope is in you. A God that is able to protect, a God that is able to provide, a God that is able, Lord, Lord, when you speak, God, things move. Father, right now, we're asking you, God, to let the Rima word of God speak over this nation. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, Lord, I pray, God, for our governing authorities. I pray, God, for all our frontliners. God, that you'll be with them, that you give them supernatural wisdom, Lord, to know how to navigate during this situation. And Father, we pray for all our gateways in Singapore, whether it's the port, whether it's the airport, God, all those areas, the bridge, God, I plead the blood of Jesus, God, over this nation. And Father, I pray, God, as the church continues to remain vigilant, to remain sober, I pray that you give us an authority in the name of Jesus. I pray that we will get stronger in our hope. I pray that we will get stronger in our faith, Father, right now. Lord, again, God, Lord, we will continue to praise you. We continue to trust you. Uh, God, most importantly, Lord, that they will see healing that comes through the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, God, right now, God, that, that we, as your people, will declare, God, that you are God, that you are able to bring healing. Lord, I pray, God, let healing flow out of this auditorium to this nation right now by the authority and the name of Jesus. Come on, why don't we just lift our hands and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you begin to heal, Lord, the affected one. Lord, heal, God, those people who have COVID-19. Heal those people who have cancer. Heal those people right now in the name of Jesus. That the glory of the Lord, Lord, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, Lord, will fill this earth, Father. Right now, in the name of Jesus, God. And God, this is what you want us to, Lord, this is your will, God. And I pray, God, that we get a vision, God, of what you want to see happen. And Father, in the name of Jesus, God, as we come before your presence, God, there's another act of worship that we want to do unto you, God. We want to give back to you what you have given to us, Father. Lord, that you will receive, Lord, our tithes and our offerings, God, and make it, use it for your kingdom. Use it for your glory. Give us wisdom to know exactly how we need to use the finances, Lord. Lord, especially during this pandemic to bless, God, people of the world, God, people who need to know Jesus. So Lord, again, God, we commit, Lord, our tithes and offerings into your hands. In Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. So you know the deal. You know, you have the QR code, take the QR code, and then you start, you know, giving as, as the Lord prompts you to do so. Amen. Today is a very exciting day. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, Great to see everyone. We miss every one of you. Uh, you know, there are, a few, there are only two sites, right? Oh, no, three sites right now. HQ and Bishan and also Plaza Singapore. But we're going to do something very unique. We're going to do something like DCD. You say, what do you mean? Because we're going to have uh, different speakers. Uh, this week, we will have a very special speaker. Amen. And it's not me. I'm going to take a break for this month. But I'll be coming to church, okay? Everybody say praise God. Amen. I need to be preached to sometimes. Amen. How many of you believe that the pastor needs to be preached to at times? Sometimes I do need to hear more than just my own voice. 
Okay, today we have a very special speaker. He's our homegrown man of God. Amen. Uh, I'd like to welcome Brother Chris. Amen. Okay, he's done such an incredible job. Those of you that have not heard him speak in Plaza Sing, you know, welcome, you know. And I want you to preach together with him, okay? You know, and next week we're going to have a couple of new speakers, Charles and, and uh, Blow. Blow is speaking in Bishan. So, you know, you're going to get a variety of buffet spread. Hallelujah. You know, and the theme is Christmas. Amen. And I'm excited about Christmas. How many of you are excited about Christmas? I'm excited about Christmas. You know, because it's time to us share the good news. Amen. Shall we just pray one more time and ask God to bless Brother Chris? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I want to commit Brother Chris into your hands, God, that you use him mightily in the spirit, God. Father, cause him to declare your word, Lord. Lord, as he declare your word, God, we will respond. Lord, we will say an amen and agree with that spoken word over our life. Father, I pray for miracle signs and wonders. God, I pray, God, that, Lord, as your word go forth, God, it becomes creative in our spirits, God, right now. Lord, that, Lord, something will be birthed in us, God, that we can take it home. God, and we can speak it over our families and all those that are around us, God, that they may know Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say, Amen. Everybody say, God bless Brother Chris. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, everybody. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Can I have a hallelujah, please? Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor. And uh, we know we are going to have various speakers coming uh, to each location. Uh, there will be more speakers coming over the next few weeks. It's going to be like a DCD. Today is the first week of December. It is basically like DCD back in the few years before COVID. And I was reflecting with my group, right? COVID has been for two years. Have you guys ever wondered? COVID has already lasted for two years. And we do not know how long this thing is going to be with every new variant. We have now the Omicron, which we are just going to pray. And then we don't know how many more Greek letters that's going to be with all the variants that's going to come out. But we know no matter what, God is with us. And we are going to continue today's uh, message in line with what Pastor has said. Before I go forth today's message, I'd like to do a recap. You know, being a green, I'd like to uh, recap and reflect upon what Pastor has said two weeks ago. The first message that Pastor talked about was Thanksgiving. Everybody remember? To cultivate an attitude of gratitude. That it is actually not a very natural thing. Gratitude is uh, like, a, like a baby, what Pastor said, right? Baby will never, I have a newborn. The newborn will never say thank you to us. The newborn only just cry and will. And that's, that's, that's normal. There's nothing strange about that. But of course, characteristics such as uh, pride and selfishness are destroyers of relationship, whereas humility and selflessness, servanthood, nurtures and build relationship. And we know our God came to serve. Amen. The last week message, anybody can remember, something to do with anchor. Something to do with anchor. Yes, revitalizing our hope and dropping the right anchor in life. Pastor mentioned this and I really took it away as a key, uh, key takeaway for me. Hope is an assured promise, whereas faith is acting out that promise. And we're going to talk a lot about that today when, you, when I go to the key scripture for today, right? Why is it? Pastor talk about a blessed hope, a comforting hope, a lively hope, and a purifying hope. We all want to have the correct belief before anything. We want to base our hope 
on the God whom we serve, the God who has came to die for us on the cross many years ago and has redeemed us. Can you turn with me to Isaiah chapter 61? We will be uh, today, Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 to 4, will be the key verse for today's message. Okay, here we go. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 to 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Underline the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You can underline the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. You can underline captive. And the opening of the prison to those who are bounded to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, you can underline that, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, you can understand mourning again, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, you can underline heaviness, that they may be caught trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that He may be glorified. And verse 4, And they shall rebuild the old ruin. They shall raise up the former desolation, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolation of many generations. This verse, this scripture, is a, messianic pro- uh, is a messianic prophecy. The Old Testament scripture talking about the first coming of Jesus Christ. And He came, and this is exactly why He came. I'm going to title today's uh, word. It's going to be called The Hurt Redeemer. Okay. Why am I talking about the hurt redeemer? Now, the, the enemy right, uses pain in our life to embed and to take opportunities to, to speak lies to us. When we open up, when we are hurt, it opens up opportunity for the enemy to disguise himself to come and deceive us. Many of the things that have, been, that have been hurting our life are just opportunities that is being taken off by the enemy that is going to constantly bombard us and speak thoughts into our minds. And when these thoughts manifest itself into action, they became sin. And one of the very common ways that the enemy does it is through hurt. If you, if you see all the underlying things that I told you about, the poor, the broken-hearted, the captive, the mourning, and the heaviness. And God knows, Jesus Christ came to redeem us all from this. And our effect, our success depends on how we respond to this trial. We can bring pain and brokenness to God, but we also have to choose how to go about doing it. You know, I cannot be, uh, I cannot be telling everybody, hey, we need to do this, we need to do that. If we don't choose that we have to walk with God. We have to know that what is important, especially when trials came. James uh, 1, 2 to 5 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And then it keeps going on. We need to thank God for all the things that has happened in our life. It can be good, it can be bad, but if we continue to self-blame, if we continue to be pitting us or woe to me how bad I, I am. And I'll share with you my story, how I used to do that. And we can get stuck and we can go down a vicious cycle of being stuck. And voices that is spoken to us seems to get 
louder and louder and louder, and we fall into various forms of depression and, and, and things like that, which I used to have, which before that, as you know, mental health is a big topic right now, but many years ago, nobody wants to talk about it. And I thank God that this is now being brought forth. So, I will very briefly run through seven baggages that prevent us from pursuing God's vision for us. Can you just flash that? I'm just going to very, very briefly talk about that. Seven baggages that prevent us from pursuing God's vision. Iniquity, which is lawlessness. Intervals, unsound judgment, unforgiveness, unhealed hurts, unresolved sin, and unhealthy relationship. Now, unresolved hurt that results in our life are often being carried and propagated by the enemy. Unresolved things can actually go, make us not go through the grieving process. And inner vows itself are basically pointless because we are not God. We don't vow to do something because when we do something, it feels like, hey, it's going to lean on my own strength or my own understanding. And that is when depression are often reached when the past is not being let go. Grief always takes some time. Grief, you have to go through the griefing stage with God. We cannot just let time heal wounds. Time don't heal any wound. But when we go through the griefing process with God, God is there with us. Just like what Isaiah 61 have just said, He will preach tidings to the poor and heal the brokenhearted. And that's where I'm going to go right in to the message today. There are a few areas that Jesus wants to heal us. The first one, five areas that Jesus wants to heal us. First one is poverty. Proverbs 30, 7-9. Two things I request of you. Deprive me not before I die. Remove falsehood and lies from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you. And say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and still and profane the name of my God. Now, poverty is a big issue, and I'm not just talking about financial poverty, I'm also talking about spiritual poverty. Sometimes we may think, hey, I'm very poor, I poor this, I poor that, you know, I poor, uh, nobody look up to me, or I'm so poor, uh, poor me. You know, my wife used to grow up uh, physically, financially very poor, and I'll give you a real story. She used to stay in uh, Chinatown, I think so, yeah, uh, around the Chinatown area. So those uh, Yifang eating is one room and one uh, living room, one hall. So she was really good in Chinese, right? But the, go the, the school that she go to, uh, Chinese is definitely frowned upon because everybody a bit atas, everybody speak or only English. And the ability to speak Chinese is quite frowned upon and it's often, so we are, we are, we are already starting, we are really 40 years old plus, so you can imagine how old we are. So basically, back in the time, uh, Chinese is typically frowned upon if we speak Chinese in an English-speaking school, right? And it just feel very bad. And she often told me she's actually very ashamed of that. And this shame forced her to be very humiliated in everything she do. And she will go about coming with all sorts of skills and try to speak proper English better, even though her strong suit is in Chinese. And this then propagates slowly into her life, which she actually has a fear of speaking Chinese to our children. Yes. So this, all this can be brought from generation to generation 
Poverty can be brought from generation to generation. But Jesus Christ wants to heal us. If you look at Isaiah 61 again, it says, He came because the Lord has appointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. We don't have to be letting poor or poverty suck us in because it can be perpetuated to other areas. Shame is one area. Humiliation can be one area and we can propagate it to the next generation if we believe in the lie that the enemy keeps telling us. She will probably have believed, hey, to mingle with friends. You know, secondary school, primary school, you, everybody wants to have friends, right? Nobody wants to be a loner, right? But as you get older, you have less friends and that's fine. So, so when, you, when you are young, I understand the need for friends and if you don't fall into cliques, you definitely become like loner and all this gets propagated in her life in a school who is a bit more atas and only speak english atas means uh i don't know how to define atas okay never mind so they only speak english and she she grew up in this humiliated uh, uh, mindset which then before christ she did it to our kids and just to want to speak uh, chinese to our uh, english uh, chinese to our kids and I was tasked to speak Chinese to our kids, and uh, I'm a C6. If anybody know what C6 means, I barely passed. So, so, and there are consequences from there forth. But what I'm trying to tell you is, if we don't allow God to step into our life, and God already said, He has came to preach the good tidings, the good news, the gospel to the poor. The poor is not just financially, but it can be those who are poor in the spirit as well. So in Jesus' name, we can overcome this. The next area, again, it's all in Isaiah chapter 61, the next area that Jesus wants to heal us are those who are brokenhearted. Uh, same uh, second verse. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Now, brokenhearted people are those often who are betrayed or who are at a loss. And that this, this, this thing that is really hanging on to them, that they feel that there's actually no hope. I would link this to the next area. Those who are, number three, those who are bonded or imprisoned in any way emotional, mental, or physical. Jesus Christ came to set us free. The same verse, to proclaim liberty to the captives. This is talking about uh, the Old Testament time, the year of Jubilee, the 50 year, where the slaves are being, being let go. We know that many of us sometimes, in every way that we might not even be consciously aware, we could be bonded or in prison, not just physically, Sometimes we think our bonding and, and, and uh, imprisonment could be physical, but actually it can be an emotional and mental stress. I will use my wife again. Because uh, I'll just use my wife example. Because she has gone through a lot of things. Back then, she was bonded and uh, imprisoned in a sense, but in a relationship uh, before knowing me. And there's a lot of toy on her. And again, Again, after what she has gone through, this emotional turmoil that she has gone through with her previous relationship with another person has really propagated and carried over. It's just like a baggage. You carry over the hurt and this hurt, if unresolved with God, you carry this and you bring it to the next relationship. 
the, the, this bag doesn't get lighter. This bag doesn't magically disappear. It's just that we put this bag and keep filling it up and thought that it's gone by jumping on to another relationship, another relationship. But the baggage is still there. And I can tell you, I have to go through this with her because I didn't understand the, the bonding, the baggage that she was carrying that is not physical, but emotional and mental. You know, some people really can screw your mind. Some people really can have a stronghold in your life by being either, you know, sometimes some people are just passive-aggressive or saying things or like what, what Sister Hoya said, nothing good to say, don't say, but they still say it, right? Because of certain agenda or certain things that they said behind. But because she, my wife, carried this baggage into our relationship, I have to deal with the repercussion. It's not that this is gone. It's not that I meet a new person, we just chat and get together, but Eventually, throughout the whole process, I learned that she has to go through this. And before Christ, we struggled. We got, we got married. I'm going to talk about that as well. We got married, but we struggled as well because I didn't know the load that she was carrying on. She has dumped it on this relationship. I don't blame her because she grew up with it. The grieving process wasn't done with God. Putting things, uh, there's a term, shoving things under the carpet, right? It thinks like we can walk the flat carpet, but the carpet is actually become a hill. Then you have to climb that hill up. So it's not technically a carpet. It's just that the carpet has become a hill with the carpet just on top to hide the amount of hurt, the amount of brokenheartedness that is in her heart. Sometimes when we are so bonded and so imprisoned, we will not want to be set free because we do not know how to set free. Just like what we did before Christ, we don't even know what is wrong and we then turn to circular ways of discussion and coping, which many a times, time heals all wounds. I think it's a thing that many people used to tell us, don't worry, time will heal all wounds. But time doesn't heal. We are just shoving it. The baggage keeps getting bigger, bigger. But I thank God, we have a God who knows everything, who knows that it is His will for us to overcome it because it is according to His purpose. And I'll talk about that later. So that is God to proclaim liberty to the captive in Isaiah 61. The next one, those in heaviness, those in depression, those in deep discouragement, those living self-absorbed. It says, to console those who... No, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Remember DCD, right? When we go up to the stage and we, when we, everybody can gather, everybody can just stand at the, at, at, at the front of the stage and praise. How many of you have ever thought of this? When you are praising and feeling depressed at the exact same moment, it is very difficult to be depressed and worshipping wholeheartedly with God at the exact same moment. The Bible says in Isaiah, the garment of praise, the clothes that God has put upon us, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When we come together and praise God and worship God, just now when we are singing, when worshipping, I really felt the presence of God just being with all of us. And it's really good that oh, the memory is really good. And we can continue to do that because when God wrapped Himself 
around us. We are the little children. God, the Bible says Jesus loved the little children. When we put on the garment of praise, we know we can defeat heaviness with Him because the enemy doesn't want us to, 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 to battle depression. When we are depressed, the enemy will use this that we can become so self-absorbed in ourselves. I, was, uh, I have mental issues when I was in army as well. I'll share with you some of my journey. I didn't understand. For those who have suffered mental uh, issues before, that's myself. An example is we just freeze and we have absolutely no idea what to do. I was freezing at a spot. I remember it was just, you know, assemble in, a, in, a, in a, not the Paris Square, in, in just outside the bank, assemble and take, take attendance. I was just freezing there and then I just slowly, slowly, slowly uh, go down lower, 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 lower and just sit down there. I didn't know why. The sergeant also didn't know why. We can be so paralyzed with hopelessness. We can be so paralyzed with heaviness that we do not know what is actually happening. I, I, I just, at that point in time, I really just felt so self-absorbed that whole oh, the voices that keep telling oh this is really going to be bad everything is going to be bad nothing is good and we open up i didn't know but it opened up more gateways for the enemy to continue to speak lies and deception to me matthew 5 4 says blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted I didn't know how to mourn back then as well. I didn't know that I was going through... Back then, that was uh, in the 1990-something. In the 1990s. Now we are 2021. So 1990-something. I didn't know what to do. I, and thoughts just came into my mind. Like, very bad thoughts came to my mind. I didn't even know how to cope. If I go to the doctor, right? The doctor back then... Uh, back then, they didn't know how to deal with these mental issues. They just either give you MC, go and sleep, right? So now I don't know how things have changed. I hope things have changed as well. So we didn't know what to do. And I'm very glad that now these topics are more prevalent. But we want to also know that we cannot just do this by, you know, what the world, what the world tells us. We need to go through this with God to console those who mourn in Zion, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. heaviness. Those who mourn, those who lose a sense of hopelessness, which I used to go through and I felt that there's no hope at all. Actually, from a person who looked, for example, somebody who is looking at me to see there's no hope doesn't make any sense to me because I'm just standing there taking head count and they don't understand why I just uh, slump. And I remember I just slumped. It was a uh, assemble at 6 a.m. getting ready for... 5BX, getting ready for uh, breakfast. So I didn't understand why. It was just a difficult moment that I went through. And I didn't know that, hey, this thing is real. What I recall vividly was a lot of voices coming into my mind to tell me, hey, you're not going to make it. This is going to be tough. Everything is going to be bad. And I learned that with God, all things are possible. With God, he is there with us to be with us, especially the brokenhearted, especially the hopeless, especially those in carrying heaviness. So this question that I want to ask to the people, which I also ask to myself, 
if the above is true, Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 to 4. Isaiah chapter 1, chapter 61, verse 1 to 4. If the above is true, I will then ask myself, why are so many people, believers, still not being healed? Okay, reflect upon this question. Uh, yeah. Why are so many people not being healed? Now, I'll jump on to the New Testament about a story. Turn with me to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. We're going to talk about this man. Now, John chapter 5, verse 1 to 9. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and the Jesus went up to the Jerusalem. Now, there's Jerusalem by the sheep gate of Pool, which is called in Hebrew, uh, Bethesda, having five porches. In those lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Now, this thing happened. An angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water, that whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease that he made. Now, there's a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and he knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. I want to say this again and again. Jesus knows us before anything, before we were even created in our mother's womb. He already knows the hurt, the shame, the heaviness, the situations that we are in. Jesus already had been in that. Jesus already knew that he had already been in that condition a long time. Jesus has never left us nor forsake us. Don't assume that every trial, God doesn't know. We don't have a God who say, oops, what happened? You know, <laughs> we have a God who knows everything and everything has a purpose and a reason. I continue. He said to him, do you want to be made well? I want you to notice this. Jesus Christ said, do you want to be made well? He didn't say, do you need help to go to the pool? He never said. He did not say, do you need help to go to the pool? The pool is not the one who saved or healed uh, any man who went into the pool after the danger has started. It is Christ who is the Redeemer, who is the healer that is the one that can make us whole again. And the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And, but while I'm coming, another step down before me. This is uh, when I was reflecting upon this. What this man sometimes said is quite uh, true in a sense that when we are down, when we are out, when we know that things are very impossible, we do tell ourselves very seemingly very logical reason and excuses for the lack of a better understanding because we didn't know that this reason after a long enough period of time justify why we are hurt. We, come, we actually come up with a reason of I can explain to you why I'm hurt and not being healed. And I'm going to touch upon that later. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walk. Now, what this story is trying to tell me, the three truths about, truth about divine healing, why some people are healed 
and why some people are not healed. The first one, healing is not simply an act of God. It is a partnership between God and us. The angel went to stir up the water, which you can see that as God's part. But the person, the person who is uh, wanting to be healed, still need to do their part to get to the water. Why is this 38 man, 38 years old man who is sickness not being healed? Do you think that Jesus will ask him, you know, this question as, uh, do you think that Jesus will ask him, why you don't want to be healed? Jesus didn't ask him that. Jesus asked him, do you want to be made well? It is not because that Jesus doesn't know he's sick, but Jesus knows the things that is exactly at the, at, the, at the root of why he's like that. A man who had infirmity for 38 years. As I said just now, we can be so familiar with our hurts, we can be so familiar with our sickness that we actually find identity. We actually find our identity in the hurt, in the pain that we go through. She can find, her, for example, I just say, my wife, her identity can be found in, I just want to speak English. I definitely don't want to be associated with anybody speaking Chinese, even though her Chinese is fantastic. But these things that we can be so familiar with what is happening that we are actually becoming, becoming resistance to the change that God wants us to go through with Him. If we choose not to, we can see that why some people choose are not being healed. When God came to heal our life, it actually requires a response for us. Jesus never backed for anybody to be healed. In the New Testament, has Jesus, is there any instant that Jesus saved anyone against their will? No. But is there any incident, incident, instances that people are not saved because they don't believe in Him? I have two examples. When Jesus was back at His hometown, Nazareth, isn't that the carpenter's son? They can't do, and, and the word say, uh, Jesus can't do, can't do much. And then there's this rich young ruler who knows everything, right? And Jesus tells him to say, one thing you lack, go your way, sell everything and give back to the poor. Then you will have treasures in heaven and come, take up the cross and follow me. It requires a response from this rich young ruler. It requires a response from all of us. But again, this example of this person, but he was sad at his word and went away sorrowful for he had a great possession. God has done his part. Healing is a partnership with God. It is not just simply an act of God that overwhelmed us and then we became healed. The second reason, oh no, three things that is being required from this partnership. Okay? The first one is obedience. The verse that uh, you heard just now that Jesus said to this man who was, uh, who was down, he said, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. If I continue to sit down there and do absolutely nothing and don't want to rise, do you think that the man is going to be healed? He's just going to be sulking there. He's just going to not believe that he's healed. Just for example, this is a... This is a bread top cut, for example. Or some of you may have it. If I give to Brother Shang this cut, I said, this cut has uh, $50. This cut has $50. 
I give it to him. Brother Sheng, uh, this card has $50. Go ahead and use it. But if he does absolutely nothing with this card, then the $50 absolutely means nothing to him. He has to respond. He has to take an action and respond to what I've told him. Just like what God told Jesus told to this man, rise. We still need to obey what he has said and not believe in the excuses that is there. Healing is not a lightning from heaven that strikes us and we change magically. There's miracle and there's healing. Miracle could be when God says, rise, Lazarus, and rise. There's no, um, you cannot tell Lazarus to resurrect 50%. There's no resurrection, don't work that way, okay? Miracle. But healing is a process. A lot of us think that, hey, we are just waiting for the magical spark in our life for us to be healed supernaturally. Depression isn't healed in one day. Heaviness isn't healed in one day. We need to go through this process with God. 2 Corinthians 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We know that God is with us. God has never left us nor forsaken us. We know that once we know He is with us, there's always going to be a sense of liberty and release that we can cast every care to Him, every yoke and every bondage, we can cast it to Him. So after we have obeyed, the next thing, change. Second point, change. Yes. Do you know that we can become so familiar with our sickness? We can be so familiar with addiction and bondage that it actually become our identity and who we are associated with. I can be telling myself, hey, I'm an alcoholic. That's my identity, for example. I can be uh, assumed to rely on the prayers of others. We do not go to God ourselves and praise Him and thank Him and talk. We rely on the goodness of others that pray that just uh, pray for us and we actually stop doing it ourselves and we think that, hey, I'm going to be healed when somebody pray for me. The, the, the second point is healing is not an event, it's a lifestyle. Just now, as I said, right, the road to recovery, it's a road. It is not a magical board that just strikes us and then we are done. It is actually going to be very tough. Healing in relationship is a road. It is not, you know, I, as I said just now, I carried a baggage with my wife, right, to go through the shame that she has gone through with the, the depression, the, 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 the hurt, the humiliation that she has gone through. It is a process that I have to go through with her. We are married for about 15, 16 years. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. Did we get healed once I realized, wow, I got this God that can do this not on that exact same date that I realized God, that we were saved, but it's a process that we have to go through and iron it out with God. We don't keep praying that, hey God, heal my marriage and just sit there and do absolutely nothing about it. I've tried. Huh? I thought God would be snap, but it did not happen. I then realized it's a process that I have to take ownership 
I have to obey the word of God. I have to know the word of God. And there has to be transformation, not behavior modification, but true transformation in me to realize that first, God loves me. First, God loves my wife. Then we can love each other properly. Not the way the world teaches us, but the way God has told us what is love. God is love. So, a lot of times, God makes us, my wife shared this with me, to share this word uh, with the group today, because I was, I was going to talk about uh, her quite a bit. God made us Christ-like through problems, pressure, pain, and suffering. A lot of the things that we go through, count it all joy. Count it all joy. The problems and the pain and the pressure that we all go through, that we can be the children of God. Ephesians 5, 1, 2 says, Therefore be imitators, imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us and offering and sacrifice to God for the sweet-smelling aroma. I have to walk in love to love, my, to love my wife, to love the things that she has to go through, the, the pain that she has to go through. And I thank God the pain that she has to go through is not wasted. It has never been wasted. And I'm going to end off later with this. So if I continue... John chapter 5, okay, just now I was talking about verse 1 to 5. Now I'm going to talk about verse 9 to 15. Uh, I'll jump straight uh, to 11. John chapter 5, verse 11. Okay. He answered them, He who made us well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. And then, these are the, these are the Jews, huh? and then they asked him, Who is this man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was sealed did not know who he was. For Jesus had withdrawn, a multitude being in that place. And afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple. The same man, the, the one who was 38 years of iniquity, and then uh, in the temple, and he said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. Jesus warned this man, once we have been fully transformed, not to go back to the old lifestyle it is in. What is God trying to tell us? God is, doesn't want us to sin. We don't have a God in heaven who has made us whole, who has made us well, and just waiting for us. Oh, you sin, tiala, tiala. Oh, you, you sin again, tiala, tiala. I'm going to pour my wrath upon you. Sometimes when I was a new believer, when I read, the Old Testament, the wrath of God fall upon the people of Israel. Oh, there's going to be judgment. But I also forgot that now that I remember, God will always extend mercy before anything else. God doesn't want to punish us. He loved us already and He loves us first before we were even born. He died on the cross for us when we were yet sinners. But God doesn't tolerate sin. And there are always going to be consequences to the sin. So even though this man has been made well, he's been told, sin no more, lest the worst thing comes upon you. It's essentially saying, don't sin. There will be consequence if you do that. And many a times we live in this world, we just want to live in a world that is without any consequence, which we call YOLO. We just want God. Oftentimes when I reflect upon this, we actually just want God 
to take away pain and suffering from us without us doing anything, without us having the need to change, without us having the need to have any consequence. Correct? When we are having a fever, when we have cough, we take medicine. We hope that this medicine will take away. But you know how your body works, right? The medicine are just treating the symptom. It is still our body who helps to fight away and flush out the, the virus or the bacteria or things like that. The medicine doesn't technically cure us. Likewise, likewise, we cannot ask God to help us to change, to be healed, to redeem us if we want to do absolutely nothing. Then aren't we going to be just like God-like? Have you ever thought what caused us to be dead in the first place? What caused us to be there? We need to focus not just on the pain and problems that we are facing, but focus on God's eternal promise. God's eternal promise, God's eternal purpose for our life. Just now, as I said, the hurt that we go through will not be put to waste. Isaiah 61 verse 4, And he shall rebuild the old ruin and you shall raise up the former desolation, and they shall repair the ruined city, the desolation of many generations. What this is trying to tell, after verse 3 and verse 2, which proclaim the, 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 the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, that God came to help the poor, the brokenhearted, the captive, those who mourn, and those who are in heaviness. Verse 4, after we have been healed, there's an eternal purpose that God has placed in each and every one of us. So don't minimize the trial that you go through. Don't minimize the hurt that, has, that you probably has to go through versus somebody else. There's no point comparing hurt versus hurt. Somebody can be shamed. Somebody can be humiliated. Somebody can be abused. Somebody, somebody could be poor in spirit. But look at verse 4. Verse 1 said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Lord has appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Once we are healed, verse 4 says, and they shall rebuild the old ruin. Have you heard of this word, hurting people hurt people? Yeah. I also want to say the word, healed people heal people. Right. People who are healed by God, not by themselves, will, have, will be able to fulfill the eternal purpose of God for each and every one of us. I always tell the group, uh, the group that I'm in, I always tell my wife, what you have to go through is going to be for a greater purpose that you have to go through. Brother Andrew, if I don't mind using you, what he has to go through, how many more people that we know that he has already met that is in a situation that he has previously went through. God will never waste a trial. My wife has to go through relationship problems and that's why... He, he will use that as a, as a, as a reason, as a, as a purpose to reach out to people because he understands. And if the body of Christ with a multitude of people, with people coming together who were previously hurt but healed in Jesus' name, can you imagine the multitude of pain that we previously had, that we have the experience, the understanding we've got to go through with those who are still being hurt. So this point, God is not just focused on relieving the problem that we have. We all want God to relieve the hurt that we have. But we often also forget that this hurt is just for ourselves. Why me? I understand. At that point in time, at that very point in time, 
is always thinking, why me? Joseph, uh, in, in the New Old Testament, Joseph went through difficult time, right? We are now reading the Bible from, uh, oh, now I heard that Joseph went through this. But imagine Joseph at that time, betrayed by his brother, thrown into the cell, got funny by, by the wife, and then God just keep getting worse and worse. He's just really bad. If he doesn't know and he doesn't continue to trust in God who will, who will watch over him, you can see the humiliation that he has gone through. You can see the unforgiveness that he has gone through. Just now the seven baggage, the seven iniquity that was taught us from fulfilling God's vision. If he doesn't know and he doesn't believe that God is really just have a plan, have a will for him, and he just killed all his ten brothers when they meet at the end, right? He would have killed off Jacob, right? And we know the descendant along that line from Jacob. So what I'm trying to say is nothing that God does is for us to go through alone. It is for His divine purpose and it's for His divine will. Those who are hurt can be healed in Christ. And when Christ healed us, another truth become evident. It is just as true that hurt people who hurt people, heal people, can heal people as well. Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, verse 1 to 3. Do we have it? Luke chapter 8, verse 1 to 3. Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village preaching the, this is Joseph, and, uh, this is Jesus, and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with them, and then I'll, call, I'll, I'll speak of this. Huh? And certain women who were being healed of evil spirit infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, and out of whom came seven demons, and, and Joanna, the wife of Chuas, Herod, Stewart, and Susanna, and many who were provided for him during from their substance. These people, these people, this woman has gone through difficult times. These women are healed women. These people who have been hurt previously are now healed and now walking with God, with, with Jesus Christ, ministering to Him and being with Him. Do you know that it's much more powerful if you bring a brother or sister along with you? to say the word to those of your friends who might not know the word yet, who might, not, who might be hurting inside. So we need each and, every, each and every one of us. Whatever you go through is not for private, uh, 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 it's not for you. This, this, this hurt, this, this thing that you're going through is not for you. It is really for God's eternal purpose. So can you ask yourself this? Why do I want to get well? Why do I want to change? And why do I want to be healed? Because God's purpose in our so that God's purpose in our life can be fulfilled. So that God who created us wants to make us live in victory. We don't sing the song victorious, right? We don't sing the song that God has given us the victory for, for nothing. It is not in vain. Whatever God did for us, He wants us to do the same others to preach the good news to the poor to send the to send Jesus sent us to heal the brokenhearted with him healing redeems the purpose of God creation of our mother's womb Psalms 1 3 9 13 to 14 for you formed my inner wombs you covered me in my mother's womb I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made you know when we are hurt right we all have scars and scars are there, I feel, 
for a reason. To remind us that God is the one who has gone through the process, the hurting, the, the pain, the suffering that we have to go through. And I want to say our Christ the Lord also has scars. If you remember, he was pierced. Isaiah uh, 53. He was also going through a difficult thing. He was also going through uh, things that be, he was also being crucified and he was also being whipped. The pain that we go through actually has the greatest potential, more than anything else in our life, that can flow from our life to impact others, to shine the light. We can't be just shining the light if we have not gone through any single thing. But we have, we are the light. John chapter 1, verse 6 to 9. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. We are the salt and the light of the world. We came to bear witness sometimes through the pain that we have to go through, that, we, that God has will for us to go through. Can I have the heavenly scars? Some things to remind us. Heaven scars help and inspire others. Heaven scars release us for God's destiny. Heaven scars remind us of God's goodness that inspire faith. Our healing can be turned into anointing that can bless others. God will use us for we are precious. Trusting God at the end of it. I'm just going to close with this. right? Trusting God is the beginning of all healing. The enemy will continue to speak lies to us that just doesn't want us to be healed. Because if we are not healed and made whole by God, we cannot then be used by God and we cannot then fulfill the eternal purpose that God has willed for us. All of us has a purpose in life. All of us. And God can give us this spirit of repentance, of really just looking at the situation that we are in and praising Him and thanking Him and believing that we will... And, and Psalm 54 says, I will praise your name, O God, for it is good. For He has delivered me out of all trouble and my eyes have seen its desire upon our enemies, upon my enemies. We choose to thank God. Yes, we can be hurt. I know. We can be very hurt by the things that are now, right now in our life. It's very hard to, for me to say this word and then think, hey, that's it, finish. Then once we go out, sometimes we are not being transformed. Sometimes we can be so inspired by the word that's being spoken. But if we don't do anything, if we just step out of the, of, of the door, step out of, the, of, the, of this GV and not do anything and not believe that there's a purpose, and there's a reason for the things that we go through and believe that God is there with us through every episode. And He knows the pain you're going through. He knows the suffering you're going through. To summarize, to summarize, just Isaiah 61. Two points just to summarize. Isaiah 61. Jesus cares for every single issue in our life. God loves us. But God demonstrated His love towards us that while we were sinners, sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8 Nothing shall ever separate us from the love of God. All of you have read that. Romans chapter 8, verse 35, 39. Nothing will separate us from the love of God. 
another key takeaway from Isaiah 61, that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. Amen. Amen. That He is the one who came in Isaiah that is being prophesied, the first coming of Christ, prophesied that He came to preach the good tidings to the poor. He sent to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive. Amen. We are the children of God. We are the children of God. Isaiah 53 also talks about it. For he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. It is a promise that we will be healed because there's a purpose that is bigger than we can even imagine that what we go through is not in vain. Kids Church, I think, uh, you know, yesterday's Kids Church, I was just listening in. I asked the Kids Church, uh, my, my son, What's that key takeaway? And I wrote this down. Kids Church, if you are listening, I hope I'm right. The God of the impossible wants to be possible for you. God has never left us nor forsaken us. Why don't you stand? I'll end up with this. If you recall, Isaiah chapter 61 was what Jesus, when he began his ministry, is said in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. I'll end off with this. Jesus opened up the book of Isaiah in the temple and speaking to everybody. He said the same word. Uh, Luke chapter 4 verse 18 to 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, word for word, to proclaim liberty to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind, to set liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Our Jesus Christ has come. He knows exactly. He proclaimed the year of the Lord's favor because that is when His preaching proclaimed. The seasons of God's grace has come to fulfill God's ministry when He was there. He was there. He stopped at verse 2. He didn't continue with the next verse because there's a purpose and a reason that we are right now in, the, in, 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 the, in God's grace, living in God's grace. Amen? Amen. So, I thank God that we all can be healed and I thank God that we all can be made whole by God. In Jesus' name. That's a sobering statistics. You may not know, during this pandemic, it triggers people. And one of the things that it triggers mental health. I was just on the phone with Pastor Bobby looking for therapies for some of our people. And Pastor Bobby said this to me, it's awful. You can't find anybody right now. Schedules are so tight because this pandemic has forced something, forced something in the home for people to face issues that they have running away. They got work to run away. Come on they got, they got, you know, uh, uh, they don't want to deal with relationships crack. And here's the saddest part. There's most divorce during this pandemic. And our society is being broken down. And I'm going to share something with you. Brother Chris talked about healing. Do you know what's the first healing that God wants to do? The healing of the Father's love. Why? Because number one, the devil is attacking all marriages, cracking it. And many better health 
therapists will tell you this. Number one problem, uh, people that deal with mental health is when there's an absent father or there is no father figure. The father may be there, but the father is not emotionally there. You know, and, and somehow or other, you know, they are there but not there. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I'm totally guilty of that. That, that, that if we are not careful, that we chase after ministry to fill the void in our life and we neglect the absence, that we, we neglect our relationships. And, and, and therefore, pain has a way to alter our perception and perspective. I say again, pain has a way to alter our, our perception and, 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 uh, and perspective. And, 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 and some of us, you know, uh, uh, hell is trying to tell us God is not there because your father wasn't there. Amen. And, and you are alone and you cannot trust God. So you know what we do is that we, 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 we want to fill that void in our life. So we try things. We, we, we want to medicate this pain and we end up in addiction. Or idolatry. Because like what Brother Chris say, you can let this, this sin or this, this, this sickness, this emotional thing define you. Like how the woman with the issue of blood, notice the scripture says he was a woman with an issue of blood. No name. And the first step that the Bible, now, now it all makes sense. The first thing that the Bible says He did not give us a spirit of bondage of fear, but He gave us a spirit of adoption whereby we can call Him Abba Father. The first step of total healing is I'm going to restore that Father's love. I'm going to restore that, that abandonment that you felt. Oh, oh, when your Father was meant to protect you, He ridiculed you, He shamed you. But, but, but here comes Jesus Christ. He died on the cross so that He comes to give us a healing. But this healing relationship, like what brother Chris say, you have to respond to it. You, you need to open your heart to it. You, you need to obey and, and let the Spirit of God come in and, and remove every negative uh, uh, issues that you dealt with in, in the past, your problems. He can go back in time and heal that problem. He can heal the brokenhearted. And, 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 and you know this. this. This is something that I've learned. I'm in a course right now and, and it totally makes sense. He says this, inner healing. What is the definition of inner healing? The healing of your memories. Because when we think about certain situations, that's a trauma and our references from our past. And God says, I want to heal that. You were alone there. Uh, but, but here I am right now. You don't have to go through this pain. I'm your comfort. Uh, you, you don't need to alter your, your simplicity, your faith. Because I can be counted on. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. I'm, I'm trying to do a new thing in you. Your old father left you, but I'm your heavenly father. I, 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 I want to tell you that I will never leave you. He who began a good work will complete the work in you. That's why we had a hard time. When God says certain things, our reference point is that my dad never keep promises. <laughs> I don't know whether I can count on my dad. I've done that, but, but here's the beautiful thing. Malachi chapter 4, verse 6. 
a scripture that my wife reminds me. There's a time coming of a time where the scripture says, I will turn the father's heart to the children and children's heart to the father. My goodness, if there's going to be ever a healing of generations, that has got to happen. That's why he goes on to say, generation will be blessed because that's a restoration of, of husbands and wives. Amen. It begins there. And after husbands and wives, father and children. And then after father and children, you stop that curse. And the new generation will understand what's this unconditional love. Oh, oh, I can trust because the first person that God wanted to show the image of God is through parents. Hey, how, how are you going to show unconditional love when your children don't know how to speak language? The baby say, ah, 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 bah, bah, bah. You know, I don't know what they say. They just want milk. They cannot communicate. But I'm telling you, I was a child that was special needs. I had mental health issues. I didn't know that. They don't, they don't call it mental health at that time. <laughs> but you know what's the mental health? is a blockage of receiving God's love. And, 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 and let me say this. We need to guard what's going on on the inside. It's what we call, there's a term for it. And many people think this is a bad term. But I'm going to share it anyway. It's called soul care. So care is the mental health and the emotions that reflect the inner man. So many times we are going after, and I, I really believe, I, I know you think I'm crazy, but I'm going to say it. I believe that God allows this to happen in some of our lives, this pandemic to say, you're not totally whole. Now there's, there's, now there's no church to go to. Now you deal with this at home. You deal with your relationships. Because it happened to me. I have to deal with relationships and, and, and I can say that, 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 that things are turning around. Hallelujah. You know, things that I don't understand when, when my children are, are, are trying to individuate themselves. <laughs> Amen. Uh, what's that word? You know, they're trying to find their way around and we think it, we call that rebellion. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us. You know, and, 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 and I was... Heal in my relationship with God and, I'm, and my security don't come from, from, from me being a good parent. My security comes from God. That's why I'm willing to deal with it. Because it's no longer about me now because I'm healed. It's about my children so that I can feel. Some of us are reliving our lives in our children. It's not fair. Amen. So, you know, that's what God wants to do today. You know, we say, oh, healing. I, I hope you get what he's trying to say. The healing begins with your relationship with your heavenly father. If that don't go out right, the other rest of the factors are just facade. And that's why God says, Singapore, you have always run away from this. Now deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with all this. There's a root issue that you're not dealing with. He said it so well. We're dealing with the symptoms. And some of us need to go back to the place. I still remember. I need to go. I was alone then. 
I was alone then. I still can remember my mom saying all kinds of stuff. It hurts, it hurts, it hurts. Where were you, God? And, 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 and you see, memories are real. It just disarms us totally. When you feel that pain, it's so real like it was yesterday, Brother Cheng. You still remember at the point in time what your parents did. I know they are gone, some of us, but, but there needs to be healing. Amen. God says, I'm going to go back there. Go back time with you. Amen. Because I am not restricted with time. I can heal you anywhere you are. In the, if it's 20 years back, if your parents are, are gone, I still can heal you at that moment and you can respond and trust me because pain has altered your wiring. Pain has altered your processing. Pain has altered something within you that is stopping me to show you my love called strongholds. Am, am I making sense here, people? Come on, am I making sense? If, you, if you're going to champion this, champion in your relationships, because Jesus said it perfectly. Love God, love your neighbor, as yourself. <laughs> I was like, oh, isn't that so simple? <laughs> Labor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? Who's your closest neighbor? Your children? Your wife? Maybe we have been escaping. There are times that I want to escape because I feel defeated at home. <laughs> Come on, everybody say amen. So then, we go into the process of healing. And when you go into the process of healing, get ready for rejection because how many years you rejected them? So it's not overnight. Just take it in. Be patient. Grieve. Moan, pray, lament. Take it one step at a time and say, God, put it on me. Put it on my account. You know, forgiveness is, Lord, I choose to watch my attitude towards how this person responds to me. Even though he did not respond to me the way I want it and it's rude, I forgive. I'm not going to hold it on him. I'm going to take it in. Amen. Are, are you with me here today? I, I, I hope you understand that this Christmas, maybe God the one you to go out and invite your friends <laughs> because there's repair work to be done at home. <laughs> that's, that's what I realized. There is repair work. My home needs renovation. <laughs> but it's not just about renovation. It's the renovation of the heart. And it begins with my relationship with God. Can we just lift our hands right now all over this place? Father, in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for today's word, Father, right now. God, we know where, which seasons we are at, God. And God, for, 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 Lord, I represent all the fathers here right now, God. Come on, if you are a father, just lift your hands, Father. Help us, God, bear that image, God, that you want us to bear. So that when our children see us, when our wives see us, God... God, they see you, Father. No, they don't see me, Father. Because, Lord, I recognize, God, what an absent father can do, an abusive father can do. Lord, that they refuse, Lord, to respond. Their spirit is closed up when you think. They become religious rather than they become relational to you. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, help us, God, bear that image that we need to. And, God, that image only comes with a byproduct of my relationship with you.
on a daily basis, God, teach me how to walk with you. Teach me what it means to be a son. Teach me and influence my spirit in such a way, God, that, Lord, I'm in so intoxicated with you that nothing of me remains, Father. That I'll be a representation of your love, Father. That I'll be representation of your miracles and your voice, Father, right now. Lord, again, right now, in the name of Jesus and Father, we're going to choose right now, God, for our past. Come on, if you have a past that you want to deal with, lift your hands right now. Father, that, Lord, I, I wasn't fathered well, God. I don't know how to be a father. Lord, I'm asking you, Jesus, God, that, Lord, I, I will not rehearse, God, the pain and affect me. I'm going to let it go. I'm, I'm not going to use my past as an alibi, but, Father, that you came. You, you gave me, God, an, an invitation to be a child of God, Father. So right now, I, re, I respond to you right now, God, as a child of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I'm asking you to forgive, Lord, my resentment. Lord, that you remove every resentment, Lord, because you have forgiven given me, I will choose to forgive and I will move forward, Lord. But, but, but Lord, I recognize, God, there are times, God, I'm still struggling with emotional memory. But God, help me have new emotional memory. God, help me, God, turn, like what brother, brother uh, Chris say, God, turn this car to be a platform to help someone else, Father. Help me sensitize to minister, Lord. And, and I'm asking, God, that you turn this pain around. Lord, let this pain not alter Lord, my perception of you, let this pain not alter my perspective of you. Father, right now, change the way I see you, Father, so that I can see you high and lifted up, Lord. And God, that I will run to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hands for a moment. Father, whom the Son set free is free indeed today. Lord, I want to pray for liberty. I want to pray, God, that this year, God, this, this whole situation, God, I, I pray for the fatherless, God. I pray for those, God, that, that do not have a, a Lord, that you become their father. Lord, I'm asking you that you become their father so that they will have that, that, that environment, oh Father, right now. And Father, I claim that scripture. Come on, pray together with me right now that you will turn the father's heart to the children. And not only that, the scripture goes on to say the children's heart will be turned to the father. Lord, I claim that for every household right now in the name of Jesus. That there is a turning that is coming because you said it, you do it. You said it, you will do it. God, that there will be a total restoration. God of our homes. That generations will be blessed. Come on, just leave your hands for a moment right now. Claim it right now, Father. Nothing is impossible with you, Father. Right now, nothing is impossible with you, God. We're going to see nations, God. We're going to see stronger families that will worship you. Hallelujah. Come on, let's, let's thank God. Father, right now, you turn every bad situation around. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Shall we just give Him praise and give Him honor? This is the will of the Father. Amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. So again, you know, I'll be talking about this next year. We're going to teach you how to provide soul care. The Bible says, guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. Too many times we are running away from what's crucial, that is soul care. What is going on in the inner man? What meditation? What have you spoken to yourself? What belief that you have? And you are trapped. It's time for us not just to look at our physical health. 
But it's also time for us to partake the right diet, the right thoughts. The right thoughts will equal the right emotions. And the right emotions will equal the right choices. Everybody say praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I, Lord, I commit, Lord, all of what's just happened, Lord, into your hands, God. Lord, that you will turn this around for your glory. And Father, teach us, God, that we are forever loved by you. God, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And Lord, walk with us, God, as we respond in obedience. As, and as we respond in obedience, grace will empower us to change. We cannot change on our own, but we need that grace of God that will come and empower us, God. That, and Lord, that we can choose, God, to serve you on a daily basis, Father. So in the name of Jesus, God, we commit, Lord, all this whole healing process. Heal our relationship with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Amen. One last time, let's adore Him. Let's worship the King. Thank you, Brother Chris. Amen for that word. Amen. I say again, God wants to bring total restoration. Amen. Not just physical restoration. I say total restoration. God bless every one of you. It's so good to see every one of you. Why don't you turn to your left and the right, just wave your hand, say, it's so good to see you, you know, because it's been a while. And I, I, I kindly ask, I know everybody wants to shake each other's hand and talk. Uh, you know, you, you, you do it, you know, maybe outside, you know, so that we can get the, uh, the, the GV people to 